0: Broadcasting live from Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Well, there ain't no dust, there ain't no fences, ain't no bowing cash.
2: We'll start that over again. Broadcasting live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. your host, Gary Holt. That is Frontier, the title cut, from Mary Kay Holt's great new album, Frontier. And uh, in Albuquerque is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby.
3: Good morning, Gary. I've been enjoying the hummingbirds this morning.
2: Well, I bet you have. I've seen some photographs that friends have posted on social media about their hummingbirds visiting so do you have a little hummingbird feeder out
3: i do we, we think that they're that they might be nesting um in a tree that they nested in last year and and suddenly there's quite a bit of activity and um if we get too close to that tree they are not happy with us oh,
2: uh, <laughs> i've never seen a baby hummingbird i bet those things are just tiny 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 yeah. <laughs> we oh, haven't gosh. either.
3: We haven't either, but we've seen. We've seen. Um, we know that last, like I say, that last year they nested in that tree. So anyway, so that's always fun, you know. To it do is fun. Flapping of those little wings and that hum is just really fun. <laughs> it is
2: fun. It is fun. Well, it's funny. The the uh, show started off with the wrong song, and that was automatically done. And, uh, and I'll just blame that on being up late last night because we were at graduation. Addie graduated last night, and uh, it was a great graduation with a big class of 10 graduates in Escalante, Utah, <laughs> if you can believe that. <laughs> so how many in your graduating hey. class in high school? I asked some people that last night. How many? How many in your graduating class?
3: You know, I don't remember exactly, but I'm going to say somewhere between 100 and
2: 150, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's a few more than 10. Yeah, Yeah. I think in my little hometown in Tennessee, (laughs) it was like 49 or something. You know, we didn't have too many there. But I talked to a lady last night that were 500 in her graduating class. So, yeah, but it was, Mm -hmm, and that's mm -hmm. happening all over the country. You know, people are attending graduations, and some have graduated and some will be graduating, but it's a great time to encourage young people as they step out in the world and whether they're going on to school or a trade school or traveling. A lot of kids last night that just plan on traveling for a while and then starting back school. So great opportunity and the world is theirs. So they just need to enjoy. They just need to enjoy. So we are going to... Enjoy a fun, fun show today. And who are our guests for the Campfire Cafe today?
3: Oh, we have the very delightful Tony and Carol Messerly with us, also known as Many Strings and Company, and they are just so much fun. It's going to be a great show.
2: They are are going to be a lot of fun, and then on Saddle Up America, in the second hour our good friend Paul LaCar, who is the chairwoman of the Mustang Heritage Foundation, will be joining us along with Sean Farnsworth, who is with BLM's Wild Horse and Burrow. He's the program specialist for them in the southeastern states. So we're going to have a great two hours with many strings and company in the first hour, and then we'll be talking about wild horses and veterans in the second hour of the show. But right now, let's take a great, listen to a great song from Minnie String Company, Tony and Carol's great Beauty of the Mountain, and we'll be back in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe.
1: She was the beauty of the mountains with tobacco on her chin. Her eyes went two different ways. She had a toothless grin. She had a and figure, though she vowed to be right. To make a wedding dress for her so she did some calculating where her chances would be best. She'd be the only white girl in the mountains well west. She fell over came cave out overlooking Trapper's Pass. She started chasing mountain man in the news travels fast Found the beauty of the mountains with tobacco on her chin. And eyes that went two different ways above a toothless grin. tried to hide from her, they took to sneaking by. They'd rather face a grizzly bear than to hear her desperate cry.
4: Man. Why don't you Don't, you don't you be a Don't be Now the trappers
1: didn't know her, how their luck changed at last. See their old friend, Muley, why he'd come the trappers past from Montana with tobacco on his chin And eyes that went to different ways above a toothless grin Well now the two they met each other For each other they grew fond They started making babies that'd scare beaver from the pond For the trappers were rejoiced and newly found his love bride There was peace on Trapper Mountain they'd no longer have to hide From this beauty of the mountains with tobacco on her chin and eyes, eyes
4: that went two different, different ways above a toothless grin.
3: She's a beauty of the mountain. Welcome back to the award-winning Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Beauty of the Mountain by today's guest, Many Strings and Company. We know you will enjoy the entertaining songs of... Tony and Carol Messerly. With their hearts in Wyoming, today they make their home in Utah, nestled between the Wasatch Mountains and the Cedar Valley. Calling themselves Many Strings and Company, Tony and Carol perform mostly original songs with a nod to favorites by other Western songwriters. Their sound, as you just heard, is unique. A little bit folksy, a touch of old-timey, mostly vintage Western and cowboy sometimes quirky, (laughs) and rarely serious, Both the International Western Music Association and the Academy of Western Artists have recognized their talent. In 2013, Tony yodeled his way to the top of the yodel contest, winning the IWMA's Yodeler of the Year. In 2018, the AWA presented them with the Group of the Year Award. With nine albums to their credit, today Gary has chosen songs from Off Their Rockers and Rusty Old Horseshoes. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, the members of Many Strings and Company, Tony and Carol Messerly. Welcome! (laughs) Woo! Hey guys!
2: Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you. Hi, good morning to
5: you.
2: Oh uh, gosh. So earlier this year, I had the privilege of getting to actually meet you in person at the Cache Valley Rendezvous in Utah, and it was such a thrill to be able to do that and to listen to you perform. Yeah. So glad to have you back on the show. I think it's been about three years Thanks, since you were with us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we had we had. We had fun, I went back and listened to the show from three years ago. And uh, and I think the first thing that I wanna talk about is how the two of you met and the second thing I wanna talk about is your first date. So which, which Tony, why don't you tell us why don't you Carol, why don't you tell us about your meeting and Tony, why don't you tell us about the first date?
6: Well, Tony's band, Tony was in a band at that time, and, and they were playing in a bar where I was taking dance classes, and so that's how we met. He was on stage playing, and I was learning to dance out on the floor, and, and he came up during a break and introduced himself, and, and um, we just had a good time after that. We got to know each other and, and learned to dance together. We do a lot of dancing, and uh, we just had a great time, and it took off from there
7: Uh uh-huh
2: so he he didn't let the grass grow under his feet he he spotted this good-looking young lady and went off for right away that was pretty cool wise move i was nervous
1: (laughs) i was nervous as all hell (laughs) oh gosh so
2: let's skip to this first date because this was so much fun when you were talking about it uh
4: let's see
1: it was the first date uh when we were out and we had, oh, Carol pulled a calf on the first date. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no.
4: Please, oh, The first please, date, I guess, I think was, it was when something, we were,
1: uh, something I was out about running please. my trap line.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was out running my trap line and she had invited me to, to dinner. She cooked for me the first time. And uh, when I got there, I had I'd, I'd caught a couple of raccoons and I'd skinned them and and I met her at the front door and gave her a big hug, and we went in and sat down. And uh, my uh, we soon noticed that there was something, uh, there wasn't pepper in the mashed potatoes, that was moving. <laughs> oh. Actually, Tony,
6: what I said is, what is hopping in my potatoes?
1: <laughs>
6: and he looked startled and looked at the front of himself. And then I looked at the front of my sweater, and we were both we teeming with fleas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: gosh! What a what a what a first date! That's a memorable first date. Yeah, I gave
1: her fleas on the first date.
2: You gave her fleas, and 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 as I recall, Bobby had mentioned you needed to write a song about that. So did that ever happen? Have you come up with a song mm. for first date fleas or anything? i haven't not yet yet. (laughs) 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 Uh,
6: well not yet but there is one coming (laughs) i think it should be
2: i think it (laughs) should be so 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 you did another date where she was pulling a cast tony well we were out to a real nice
1: dinner at a nice restaurant and uh, a friend of mine called and uh, well my partner and he says uh we having problems with a with a cow, and you need to bring the chains. And so we left dinner and took her out there, and she helped us pull a calf.
2: In her my knife
6: calf. out to dinner clothes. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
2: so, so for our worldwide audience out there, half a million people plus listening to the show today, this is life is like with a mess or leaves you know, fleas for dinner and cap pulling. So it's kind of an exciting, it's kind of an exciting thing. So, hey, let me get to a song real quick. This is a song, I think, I think a good friend of yours wrote this song, Doc Mel, it's called I'd Rather Be, I'd Rather Be. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about this song.
1: Uh, I don't know, I just fell in love with the song and I I asked him if we could uh, record it and and he said, Absolutely. And uh, you know, we, we we generally write our own stuff and, and record our own songs, but every once in a while you come across something you just you just gotta have, you know.
2: Yeah, and yeah. So, well this so we is a this is a beautiful song. You did a great job with this and let's listen to I'd rather be and we'll come back and talk more with Tony and Carol in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe.
1: There's a place for old cowboys On the outskirts of North Abilene At the top of the stairs He sits in his chair In the dim light, a burnt kerosene And it's there that he stares Out the window At a pasture that once was a trail It's clear when he's asked he lives in the past As his heart and his memories fell But it's said that he rode with the good knights It's said that he once old. Life is pretty full when you're mounting the bull
4: But
1: now he can't even mount the commode He's thinking I'd rather be well than ill I'd rather be ill than old I'd rather be old than dead, I fear But I would rather be dead than here Well, they say there's a place for old horses Not a barn, but a broken down shack Half blind or lame, they'll offer him grain With a place they can walk around the back There by the fence, a gray stallion With a limp and a sway in his back How could he hold an old cowboy And he can't even carry the tack But it's said that he ran with wild mustangs Under a Montana sky Now he's haunted at last By the years that have passed You can tell by the look in his eye He's thinking I'd rather be well than ill And I'd rather be I'd rather be old than dead, I fear But I would rather be dead than here The cowboy Crawled down the stairway He pushed himself Out the front screen and There by the porch Appeared the old horse As if it were all In a dream Somehow the cowboy Tossed up his saddle And he reached out And pulled the cinch tight and Drawn by the goat cattle together to they rode into the night singing we'd rather be well than ill and I'd rather be ill than old I'd rather be old than dead I suppose that's just a bad way to wear some fresh clothes I'd rather be old And together they
8: rolled out of here.
3: Tony and Carol Messerly, I'd Rather Be, written by their friend L. Doc, Al, Doc Mel from their album Off Their Rockers. So um, when I look through Gary's set list, and I think there may be only one other song that's not original to you two, um, you know, you are so inventive and um, you do write a range. You have us laughing, you have us chuckling, um, toe tapping, and then you have songs that are quite um, really make us stop and think. So um, you want to just share a little bit about your songwriting process? You both do write individually, and I think you write together. You want to talk a little bit about how that goes on?
1: Hmm. I'll let Carol (laughs)
4: answer that
3: question. Uh, Well, we do have a lot of of
6: different techniques, a lot of different ways we come to these songs. I I know the last one we've written, we haven't even recorded yet. Tony had a tune that I thought was amazing, and I – kept kind of needling about, are you going to put some lyrics to that? And he kept saying, oh, I'll get to it. I'm sort of blocked right now. <laughs> I said. And so finally I decided, well, I'll just write something so bad that he has to fix it. And then maybe we'll get a song. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and we now have another Will song you... we're working on. But So there's that. And, and then we just well you know you know sometimes about, it's uh, about the an idea i'm sorry hunty were you talking
1: do uh, you know the story tell them the story about beauty of the mountains it... oh <laughs> <laughs> well tony
6: was writing a song about um, men conquering the west and i thought you know uh, there's no women represented in that and um I think that maybe I should try something, writing something, and see what he thinks. And I'd never written any before. And, and so I wrote it, and then I surprised him and sang it to him. And he said, never would I record anything that corny. <laughs> no. And so he spent about, I think, three nights on the couch. And so after that, he suddenly decided maybe he would record it. <laughs> So we recorded Beauty of the Mountains, and we got some emails from radio stations. One of them said, um, we're just writing to let you know that um, Beauty of the Mountains is our most requested song. <laughs> so I
3: won that one. <laughs> and Tony let me write after that.
4: <laughs>
3: well, they're so unique, and then you have such a wonderful, uh, besides the instruments that you choose and the musicality is um really also what just makes these songs little treasures. I know the next one that he has queued up and ready to go is Colonoscopy and I think Carol, you actually wrote that one, right? I did. Oh,
4: wow. Oh,
3: wow.
1: <laughs> it's a love song.
3: Yeah.
7: Yeah. I, you know, I was Where getting
6: older that and it just from? felt like there was a lot of pressure from the medical, I worked for the hospital, I'm a mental health therapist and so I worked for the hospital and it seemed like I was getting a lot of pressure to have procedures and it, they weren't very dignified, and so I thought, dang it, I'm going to write a song about this one. This is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we'd make it funny, so I wrote the song oh, Colonoscopy. <laughs>
2: well, I think our audience will enjoy this, so let's take a listen to Colonoscopy. <laughs> we'll be back and talk more with Tony and Carol and Bobby in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. <laughs>
1: Colonoscopy don't sound that fun to me It's part of my anatomy I don't want no one to see They clean you out real good And they look where no one should
5: It ain't no way to spend your day What the heck's a polyp anyway? You got me I up and went to see my old friend Lee he says he's had a colonectomy His life just ain't the way it used to be He's lost a part of his identity He used to spend a lot of time alone Contemplating life upon the throne Now he's tethered to a back, no doubt
6: we can guarantee it ain't takeout. Colonel, your
1: feet don't sound that fun to me.
5: It's part of my anatomy. I don't want no one to see. They clean you out real good. And they look where no one should. It ain't no way to spend your day. What
8: the heck's a polyp anyway?
1: Hey, Doc. Could you write a note for my wife saying my head is not up there? Life
5: without a colon ain't for me I don't want no dummy. I guess we better let them take a peek Sometimes you gotta turn the other cheek Colonoscopy
8: don't sound that fun to me It's part of my
5: anatomy, I don't want no one to see. They clean you out real good, and they look where no one should. There
8: ain't
1: no way to spend your day. What the heck's a policy anyway? Hey Doc, you know in Arkansas, me and you are considered legally married.
2: Uh, I'm going to get messages from friends in Arkansas after that one. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Uh,
2: that is fantastic. That is great. Well, I was, I was, uh, thinking a little bit about, uh, the rendezvous. How did you get started doing rendezvous, Tony?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, That's been so long ago, I don't know if I can remember.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you can tell folks what a rendezvous is. I Not what our rendezvous is that we put on every year, but tell us about your rendezvous.
1: Rendezvous is a reenactment of the uh, American fur trade era, which was uh, back in the 1840s, 1820s to 1840s. And... What they do is they sell things that are that they had back then, you know, and right. it's a great it's a great uh, great thing for people to to see and spend their money on uh My grandfather was a trapper, and I picked up the trade from him, okay, and the rendezvous is where they sold their furs basically
4: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But
2: yeah, most of those are out in the West? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the rendezvous are out in the West. And um, uh, so what, what are the big rendezvous? What are the big, bigger events that take place?
1: Well, we have a uh, someplace in the Rocky Mountain uh, region, we have a, a Nationals every year.
4: Okay.
2: And
1: then we have a big one in Fort Bridger, Wyoming that happened okay. over Labor Day.
2: Wow! Wow! So, are they usually what four-day event or weekends, or how do they how do they do this?
1: Nationals is usually a week, uh, and then Fort Bridger's usually a four-day event. It's, okay. Uh, there's generally between 100 to 120 trade tents. Wow! They have the Indian dancers and. Trappers and traders, and it's a lot of
4: fun.
2: Well, I I would imagine it is, and uh, so they probably had a little drinking going on back in the day, and probably played a little music then. But how did how did the music get started for the rendezvous today? I think you had something to do with that, didn't you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a couple before me,
2: but oh, okay.
1: Uh, yeah, if you, if you think about the rendezvous back in the back in the day, you know they didn't, uh, there weren't too many guitars and banjos. Right. Uh, music was generally a harmonica they'd carry in their pack. You know. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, I've got a good friend of mine that uh, started writing some songs, and so we recorded our first CD. Oh gosh, it's been about 15 years ago. Recorded a whole bunch of songs of the the rendezvous and. And it just kinda of escalated from there.
2: Wow. Wow. Did that be interest... in fact
1: the first rendezvous the first rendezvous I sat down under a tree with a with a hat in front of me and uh played my banjo and I was working at the mine at the time and uh-huh. I sat there for three hours in the sun and played music. Played the two rendezvous songs that I knew <laughs> over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> And uh, I counted my money at the end of that, and I'd made 180 bucks. and I said, boy, I'm going to do this for a
2: living. <laughs> <laughs> left the minds. Wow. wow. <laughs> left the minds. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. So with with the COVID that's been going on this past year, I guess most of the rendezvous got canceled, and most of your other gigs, yeah. I'm sure, got canceled, didn't they? So- yep, most of them. Yeah, so are they starting back up again, and, and when is the next rendezvous?
1: Let's see. We're doing a rendezvous next week up in, the oh, mountains, wow. up in Idaho.
2: Yeah, wow. Fort Henry. Wow.
1: It's, uh, that'll be over the 9th, I think, uh, around the 9th of June. Okay. And we'll be playing music up there.
2: All right. Well, for folks that would like to see a rendezvous, where can they find a the schedule? Is there some kind of schedule somewhere that shows where the rendezvous are? Can they just follow your website? Hmm.
1: Well, I've got a problem with keeping my website updated.
4: <laughs> I, haven't
1: been, I haven't been doing my that. job.
0: I've heard that before <laughs> from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, gosh.
1: But you know, so they it, can. They can. Uh, they can go online and, and put in Mountain Man Rendezvous, and uh, there's a few sites that will that will bring them up. You know. And, because okay. so there's there's several of them. There's several good rendezvous uh, in the
2: area. Right. I know Bobby summer. Bell is probably on her computer looking for Mountain Man rendezvous right now. So I,
3: we'll- I <laughs> am right I now. knew what you yeah. were doing.
2: Yeah, I knew you. <laughs> I know you. Uh, gosh. So maybe when we come back, she can tell us about some of the Mountain Man rendezvous that are taking place. But right now, let's listen to another great song called Sweet Home. No, Sweet Wyoming Home. And, of course, Wyoming was home for both of you for a number of years before you moved back to Utah. But uh, anything Mm -hmm. you'd like to say about this song?
1: Well, Carol? Well, yeah, I usually
6: introduce this song because I'm the one that drug Tony out of – Wyoming. So okay. this song he wrote he wrote after we'd moved here, and he was I think a little bit homesick. And and I thought, you know, he's adjusting to Utah, he's liking it, and he likes his job here. And we were on and on. And then I get up one morning, and he's written this song, "Sweet Wyoming Home," and I knew I knew his heart was still in still Wyoming. Still in
2: Wyoming. All right. Well, let's take a listen to "Sweet Wyoming Home," and we'll come back in just. A moment.
1: prairie a horse for a friend the lonesome old doggies are ballin' again and I'm home sweet Wyoming
4: home
1: I'm riding the range and it feels alright to be under the stars near the fire tonight and I'm
4: home
1: sweet Wyoming home Yippee-tie-yi-yo In the saddle I way Not a care In the world I yodel it too Yippee-tie-yi yippee yi From out of my bed roll a new day will dawn. My pony is rested And the coffee is strong And I'm home Sweet Wyoming Home. learn how to howl from my home. Sweet Wyoming
4: home.
1: I play this old guitar and I sing out a key with no one to listen but my pony and me and my home. Yippee-tie-yay, yippee-yay, hey, when my body lies still and my spirit is free, I'll be riding the prairie on an old tumbleweed in my
4: home.
1: Sweet Wyoming home, sweet home, sweet Wyoming home.
3: Sweet Wyoming Home, written by Tony Musserly, and we're hearing Tony and Carol with that. And we've been talking about rendezvous, a really important part kind of of American Western history as um, trappers, traders, and Native Americans got together and traded goods and had a good time always. Um, on my personal Facebook page, I just posted uh, a few links, and Tony is absolutely right. Just Google Mountain Man Rendezvous, and you'll find um, a lot of information. The Fort Bridger one is coming up September 3rd to the 6th of 2021, and um, I know that uh, if you're listening and you're at a distance, uh, something in September might you know work into your calendar um, and again, uh, the time period of this is 1825 to 1840. So I'm guessing, Tony, everybody is in authentic gear, and um, and maybe fleas are about. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, uh, but possible. it really gives you a taste. Um, I've been to a couple, and um, it's it's you know it really gives you a taste of what um, the world was like in the West at that time. So um, really, really fun, and really fun, just really fun. Everyone just has a great time. Lots of families, family, um, you know, the family participates. You see little kids running around, and um, there's teepees usually, and just just a really, really fun, really, really fun time. So... um, So now that we talked about that a bit, I always like to also ask a little bit about the instruments that you play, um, because I think you both maybe play quite a few. It's really fun to listen to your music and try to figure out, okay, what made that funny sound in a uh, colonoscopy song, sort of like a little pluck sound, you know, I was trying to figure out what instruments are those. So tell us a little bit about what you play.
1: Well, that uh, funny instrument was a Jew's harp.
3: Oh, uh, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, there's that. Uh, I play the harmonica, and I play the guitar. Some people think I play the banjo, but uh, my instrument is actually a tar, It's a six-string. It's played just like a guitar. Mm -hmm. It's just a crossbreed instrument. Okay. And that's about it.
3: Carol, can I, I played a bass,
6: yep, I just played a bass, and just barely <laughs> there was a time a few years ago when Tony needed a bass player, and he um and it was in like April, and he said, "Care, you're gonna have to do it. It's the easiest instrument there is. You can do it, anybody can do it, and so he handed me the bass, and I had to learn, and I was so afraid, and my fingers were getting sore because I practiced so much. <laughs> we had a whole summer booked and no bass player. So that's how I learned. And, um, you know, I would sure like to learn more about it, but I think we just do what we have to do. And it's, if it sounds okay, well, I'm the bass player.
1: (laughs) She's an old pro
6: now.
1: (laughs) Uh, Gosh.
2: Well, you are terribly good and terribly much fun to listen to and watch. And, um, with COVID that's been going on what 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 have you guys been doing this year and and how are the gigs coming back
1: uh you know some of the gigs that we had last year that were canceled Gary have they just moved them to this year so you know it's already it's given us a schedule already so great the last last summer we spent uh we spent time camping in the mountains we've floated the green river four or five times and we just went and
2: had fun. You know, that's not a bad way to spend the summer, is it?
4: <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I think COVID is as bad as it was, and as costly as it was for performers to be missing out on all these gigs. I think it really has given people a lot of time to just kind of step back and and in, either enjoy themselves or spend time writing new music or getting new new music so it's you know it hasn't been all bad it has not been all bad yeah and uh we were talking about earlier actually 2020 was a pretty good year for me so i'm not complaining about anything (laughs) that's great (laughs) anyway well i want to get to some more music because we don't have a whole lot of time left and i got a lot of music to play and uh i think i'm going to skip around just a little bit because this thing song is so much fun, and it's called Watcha. Watcha. Watcha? Watcha? Watcha, too. too. Watcha, too. Yeah, yeah, Watcha, too. (laughs) Tell us about this
6: one. Well, we received that song in the mail. Um, Hank Kramer's wife sent it to us and said, you, too, this song is perfect for you, too. Wow. It was written by um, an older couple. Tony, what was the name of that? Um, Uh, Penny Penny
1: Wiggly um, and Rich Wilbur wrote that song.
6: Yeah, we had quite a time uh, tracking them down, but yeah. we finally did and got permission to record it, and um, we really enjoyed that song.
0: <laughs> it is so <laughs> much fun.
6: About, yeah, anybody who's been <laughs> married and in a re, or in a relationship knows how that can go. <laughs> so we recorded it. <laughs> All right, so this
2: is Want You To, and it is by Many Strings, Tony and Carol Messerly, and we're visiting with them today on the Campfire Cafe.
1: in the pale moonlight, thinking about a thing or two, about the things we didn't do. Cows gone wrong cause the fence is down, cars on blocks can't go to town, can't rock in my rocking chair no more, broken rockers they don't grow. And I know you never break a promise, you just postpone them some. I'm here waiting, biding my time, waiting for... I never said it honey no, i'm they never ever said it no i did you said you would i said it something you just might do you
5: said
1: you would never i never said it honey i'm they never ever said it no i
5: did you said you would i you said it something you just might do
1: At a time, Port truth leaks and the well's gone dry You here waiting for rain Not a cloud in the sky And I know you was planning to mow the lawn No use now cause the lawn is gone Big wind come, blew it away Last week's Saturday, I You said you would No, I never I never too. said it Honey, I'm here I never said it yes, No, I
5: you didn't did. you said you I don't believe much.
1: I said it I just
5: mind do. You said you
1: would. No, do. I never. I never said it. No. I never ever said it. No, I
9: didn't. I don't believe I said it. Something I just mind do.
1: I remember one time you proposed to me. Said we'd be as happy as we can be. Now the kids have come. Now they've grown.
8: We're here all
1: alone. So after twenty years with you, we never said the words I do. All in all, it's been a good life too,
7: and I still want you to. You said you would never,
1: no, I never, and a I never said it. Honey, I'm I here, never wait, ever said yet. it. Yes, no, I didn't. didn't. I, didn't. I don't believe I said it. it. Something, Something you just you might do. You
4: said
1: you would, but no, you I didn't. never. I, didn't. I, didn't. I never said it. Honey, no, I'm here. I, mean, you I never ever said it. Yes, you no,
0: did. I you didn't. I don't believe you said, I you would, believe I you said it. Something, Something you just mind do. do, and I still
2: want you to.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> want <don't> you,
2: t- <laughs> want <don't> you to, want you to. I'm just trying to think if my wife and I could do that kind of conversation together. I don't think so. Jim, but,
3: no, but what about no, you and Jim? No, never, ne- no, never in our house. Uh-uh. <laughs>
2: oh, gosh. I just, I, you know, I'd kind of like to just travel with you guys for a little bit. I think it would be fun to just be a fly on the wall. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Well, we did so, decide
6: at one point that if we couldn't have fun with this, we weren't going to do it. So we're mm-hmm. having fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I tell – I tell, we talked about graduations a little bit earlier, and, and all the graduates that I've talked to, um, the young people that are getting ready to graduate – I, I encourage them when they take a look at what they want to do in life, I tell them just do something that you enjoy and mm-hmm. everything else will work out. You know, so many times people kind of fall into something and they're stuck and it's like, take the time to yeah. figure out what you love, you know, and I think you guys love what you're doing.
9: <laughs> we do. We do.
2: I think so. I think so. So We're, so, dang, we're dang
1: sure not in for the money.
2: <laughs> Anybody that's in the music business Knows exactly what you're right now So that's kind of Yeah, it's kind of interesting So we're going to do another song real quick We're going to try to get in a couple more Before we wrap things up This one is called I Love My Horse And uh, oh. how did this song come about, Carol?
6: Well, we we had a friend Who had been married We think, we don't know We lost count, but we think about six times. And I said to her, do you you need some help with relationships? And she said, no, I've had the same horse for over 20 years. (laughs) So I thought, that is a woman who loves her horse. So I wrote this song. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's,
2: <laughs> uh, that's that's you know, that kind of strikes close to home for me. So let's listen to I Love My Horse. <laughs> okay. We'll come back in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe.
3: Um, So how can folks find out where you're going to be and where they can get your music?
1: Uh, Well, let's see. I'll tell you what. I'll make you a promise right now that after I get off the phone, I'll get a hold of the guy that runs our (laughs) website, and and I'll get things updated. It's manystrings.net.
2: Manystrings.net. All right. So the tour schedule. Right now,
1: they'll find If they get on right now, they'll find out everything we did last year.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
3: <laughs> but they will be able to buy your a mute. They will see all the music. But, um, yeah, the only thing that needs really needs updating is the schedule. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs>
2: all right. Well, yep. the music is great, and it is so much fun to listen to. And these guys are so much fun to see live and in person. And uh, so we're encourage you to go to the website, many, many net and uh, and check out their music. And uh, once Tony has updated everything so you can follow their tour schedule, then get out and see them somewhere and, uh, and try to find out where the next rendezvous is. The next rendezvous that I know of is going to be in Tennessee in June, and it's one that we're putting on. So you can, you can get a little bit different, a little bit different rendezvous. This going to be a lot of fun. But anyway, you guys yeah. have been absolutely great. You guys have been wonderful on the show. And uh, I think we're going to have to make it a point, Bobby, not to wait three years for them to come back. What do you think?
3: Oh, I agree. I agree.
2: Ah, <laughs> that sounds good to us. <laughs> well, right.
5: thanks for having us.
2: Well, we've yeah. loved it. Thank and you, Gary. Uh, you're so game. welcome. You're so welcome. So Mini Strip Company, Tony and Carol Messerly have been our special guests today. And we're going to close out this portion of the show with a great song they've done called Movie Star Cowboy. And uh, guys, (laughs) thanks so much for being with us.
4: (laughs) Thanks again.
1: I'm going to be a movie star cowboy going to ride on the silver screen going to live my life in a fancy saddle going to make films like Roy and Gene going to drive all city go crazy I show my cowboy smile Get the right? star study broke pride, movie star gunslinging, Root roots to shoot up style gonna know I'm a movie star cowboy. But they see me ride by my rhinestone suit, ten gallon hat, ride right with my head held with. I'm gonna drive all city girls crazy when I show my cowboy smile. It starts at a bronc ride movie star gunslinging
2: Um, That was Tony and Carol Messerly and Bobby Bell. What a fun show with these guys today.
3: Very fun. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Well, you've got to run off, so you're not going to be with us on Saddle Up America. So we will see you next week, and we're going to have a great show with, Don, with Dan McCorson, I believe, is joining yeah. us next week for the Camp mm-hmm. Cafe, And he's got a brand-new CD out, so we're going to have a lot of fun talking with him. But um, we'll see you next time on the radio, Bobby Bell.
3: All right. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.
2: All right. And right now, it's time for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. When we come back, we're going to be talking with our special guest today, Ms. Paula Carr with the Land Heritage Foundation and with Sean Farnsworth with the Bureau of Land Management. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: gave up the fight But it comes back to me Almost every night I fall asleep To the bawling of the cattle So why do I wake To hear the sabers rattle And I traded my McClellan For a saddle with a horn Spurs and shots Terror of the battle cry sticks like a bad tattoo. The girls in Tombstone who took our cash called us men in blue. 10,000 miles on a U.S. horse Sometimes chasing ghosts, sometimes overwhelming force Now the territory's open, I'm out here punching cows I'd put the worst behind me, if only I knew how And I'd trade in my McClellan for a tattoo the girls in tombstone who took our cash Like a bad tattoo The girls in tombstone Who took our cash Called us Men in blue The girls in tombstone Who took our cash Called us Men in blue
2: Houston, his great song, "Men in Blue." Welcome back to Saddle of America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network, and we are going to welcome to the show now our good friend Miss Paula Carr, who's the chairwoman of the Stang Heritage Foundation. Hey, Paula.
7: Good afternoon, Gary.
2: How are you doing, my friend?
7: Mm. I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm excited about talking with you about our program.
2: Well, we're going to talk about Mustang Heritage Foundation, and we're going to talk a little bit about Rendezvous coming up uh, after that because you are one of the beneficiaries of Rendezvous 2021 this year. But, um, you know, one of the things that impresses me about you and your husband, Randall, and I've known Paula for a long time now. She's an old Tennessee girl, too, just like I'm an old Tennessee boy. But you guys have adopted out over twenty-five thousand Mustangs since you've been working with them. And I think I think you said that number gone, didn't you, Paula? Yes,
7: there. It's uh, close to thirty thousand.
2: Wow! 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 30,000 Mustangs that you've been responsible for getting adopted. And um, so the numbers on the wild Mustang population right now, if I am not mistaken, it's something like, what, fifty or 60,000 on the range and about eighty to 50,000 in holding facilities. Is that yes. about right?
7: Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Yes.
2: Yeah. And, and uh, so the... Go ahead. Okay, go ahead.
7: Well, no, it's I, just... <laughs> we were so lucky to work with uh, in two phases of of the adoption program with the BLM. We first started um, in night, in August of 1979 with first phase, and that was become becoming a contractor. We were um, we bid uh, along with about 70 other farms. Uh, and the government decided that they were going to try this program in the east just to see if it worked and yeah. if, if people would adopt a wild horse. And so we were really what you call a, a guinea pig facility just to see that it would work, and, and we had to furnish all the facilities ourselves. And so we were uh, quite a, uh, scared a little bit that it wouldn't work and we've wasted all this money, but it just really, the people in the uh, eastern part of the United States are horse lovers, animal lovers, and just good yeah. people. Yeah. And so in that, uh, from August 1979 to 2006, we uh, invited folks to our farm and uh, the VLM brought in animals, and we, um, the first first uh, set of animals that came to our place, we had all the news media quite excited. They all came out with their cameras and all that, um, and lots of folks came down the road and were waiting for the first load, and, and we thought, oh, my goodness, it, these wild horses are going to be – Oh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be scary or whatever. But we had built some really great facilities uh, with the help of our neighbors and friends. And uh, uh-huh. and so when they came down the road, it, it, it was just quite a, a, a lot of people hollering and all that, saying, oh, my goodness, can't wait to see wild horses from the west. So they backed up to the chute. And the first and the first thing that came out was little burros. Uh. <laughs> so, so we had to find homes for those little burros first, and uh, and then finally they brought the wild horses. And from that time on, we uh, we had uh, so many wonderful folks. A lot of celebrities came and adopted and. Um, and it was just uh, very exciting to to see the next load come in and all shapes, all sizes. And um, so the BLM thought, well, this is working. So
4: uh-huh. we
7: uh, we went to Pennsylvania and and with another uh, set of folks, and they they opened a facility. So it was it was taking on in the east, and and so in 2006. Randall and I uh, decided that we had uh, was ready to retire. We had a a, have a house uh, a a lake house, and we had not been able to use it or anything. And so um, we said we're going to let the other people do this. And so um, and we wanted to enjoy our own our animals that we adopted. Right, right the burrow so much I, that I have a cart and ride around uh, uh, with the co- uh, the borough. And um, so um, one day I got, uh, so we were getting all excited about going on trips and stuff, and I got a call from a lady that, uh, you know, she's talking with me about the horses, and she said, do you know anything about them? And I said, well, a little bit,
4: uh-huh. and that was that was after
7: adopting, adopting thirty thousand. I knew a little bit. So uh-huh. anyway, <laughs> her name was Patty Colbert, and um, she had been awarded a, a BLM contract, and she came up with ideas and how we were going to uh, invent programs and and. Uh, uh, and placing them into uh, really great homes, and uh, so she started with the program that you uh, adopt a horse, and then you you receive a hundred days to train that or, that animal, and then you bring it back to an, uh, an arena and compete with your animal, and then you win a prize, win prize money, and then that horse really just is a very trained animal a very uh exciting animal and get, and people got to see that these animals were not man-eaters or whatever. I mean right. you can you can certainly train one with a lot of love and and a lot of food. So yeah. anyway, uh that was our second phase of of adoptions and so it's grown even more so over the years. Still, um, the BLM uh, helps us, and we we help them, and we keep developing programs that uh, and events that r- raise awareness of the issues that these animals face, and the increased adoption of the wild horses is, burrows is really necessary because there it, there is an overpopulation.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so. I guess with that second phase, that was the beginning of the extreme Mustang makeovers, wasn't it? It was. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah.
7: And that uh, that lady retired, and then I um, just took over and kept, kept going.
2: Wow. Wow. And then the Mustang Heritage Foundation, you're responsible for getting that thing started. And uh, and all of the work that the Mustang Heritage Foundation has done. And so their whole mission, I guess, Paula, is just to find homes for the Mustangs that are in holding facilities and uh, continue to try to adopt as many as they can. So you have, you have the extreme Mustang makeovers that you put on. You do the trainer's incentive program. And uh, and that has been very successful, hasn't it? What is that it, about?
7: Well, um, it's it's we have a lot of folks that once they adopt and train a horse, then they uh, have learned a, a talent that they want to um, help more animals get adopted. So um, we have the tip program, and we have. Uh, storefronts that people can come and and pick an anim- pick an, an animal that's partly trained, um and or ask the, the storefront owner to go ahead and finish training them for uh-huh. it. So it it's just we're trying to make it easy for people to give these animals a home but also um they're they're needing if if there's no other um, answer to this program other than leave them out on the range and starve to death
2: yeah and and, and, and i I think a lot of people have a misconception because uh mustangs the wild horses are a symbol of the American West, but they have to share that land, and one of the problems that they have is overpopulation. And the wild horse herds have increased dramatically, haven't they, since the uh, since Wild Horse Annie? and, and yeah. The, yeah, so it's it's like a, a tremendous number of horses that are out there. And so, as you said, with the overpopulation, they they die of thirst, so they die of hunger. And so the BLM does the wild horse roundups when they've reached a certain amount of area. Uh, or a population in an area, then those are gathered, and those are the horses then that go into holding facilities, and those are the horses that you are working with to find homes for. Right. Uh, is that is that kind of what's going on?
7: It is, and uh I, uh, I mean the most unique thing about this program is that when uh, even when I was just adopting horses. Uh, and pull of horses out to, uh, on the weekends and stuff there was always a diamond in the rough there there was yeah. a horse that uh, I mean it was terrible looking and smelly and all that stuff and you think my goodness why did they send this horse well then the next thing you know the person that took that animal home sent pictures back and oh my goodness they were uh, one of them looked like Roy Rogers horse and and Gunsmoke guy's horse and I mean they, it was just amazing. Yeah, How you get birth announcements and and anything exciting that was going on in those people's lives with these horses. We we have pictures walls and walls of pictures that uh, and also. Um, I've over the years I'm, I've I've uh, adopted to the parents, the, the their kids. Now I'm adopting to grandkids. Oh wow. And, and, yeah. And uh it is really so nice to hear the stories that this animal um well, even like with the burrows, uh, one of the Oak Ridge boys told me he said, Paula, that burrow has raised my kids.
2: Oh wow. And so
7: uh and he said he's still doing it today because the burros live a some time but if they're well taken care of, but it's it they're so proud of of that they adopted and gave this animal a chance.
2: Well, and that is that is one of the reasons that Equestria Legacy Radio has taken on the Mustang Heritage Foundation is one of the beneficiaries for uh, Rendezvous 2021. And uh, it's because you do such great work, but it costs, it takes money to run an organization and an operation like that. You're a nonprofit. And, uh, and Mustang Heritage Foundation is based in Georgetown, Texas, Texas, although Paula is in Cross Plains, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville and uh so our event in tennessee is taking place june the 17th through the 20th at the circle e guest branch and then we have another event that's taking place near bryce canyon in utah in september and you can find out all of that information on our website at equestrianlegacy.net and just go to the menu bar and look at rendezvous 2021 and you can see all of the events and activities that are taking place for rendezvous 2021. And Paula Carr is going to be in Tennessee for the one in June. So I'm looking forward to seeing yes. you there.
7: Well, and, I uh, right here and it was fabulous. And if if you want some good, clean fun and, and to bring your kids to, it's a place to go to, and the, um, uh, the site is just beautiful, and uh, the the fam- the families you meet, and it, it's just a really great event, and also it the food there is fabulous. So
2: and that's truth.
7: It is. <laughs> it, it is. It was so good, and and it's it's something that you really can make memories. If you go and and become a part of our uh event, and I'm so glad that you all are doing it again this year. It's just to it grow and grow and grow and and um if even if you don't have a mustang, come and bring your horse and then learn about a mustang if you that's can right. help. help that's right so it'll be. It' be three to get days BLM. of they're overabundant.
2: yeah, yeah, so we've got three days of trail riding, three days of music concerts, great shopping, and Richard Winters is coming from Texas to do a a, a horsemanship clinic there, and everybody that attends can audit that class at no cost, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and as like Paula said, you make friends at these events that will just last a lifetime. And uh, and I've seen that happen. This is our sixth year to host a rendezvous, and so we're tickled and delighted to do that. And uh, Paula is going to be there, and some other folks with the Mustang Heritage Foundation will be there. And uh, it's just going to be a great three days taking place in Tennessee, and then again in Utah in September. So a ton, a ton of fun. And uh, Paula is going to be there. To tell you everything about Mustang Heritage Foundation and the work that they do. And I'm gonna tell you something folks. Paul is a little ball of fire. You'll just have a ball meeting her. She is so <laughs> much fun. And and Paul, if you get to telling some of your stories that's that's some extra entertainment that we don't even charge for. How oh, about yes. that?
7: <laughs> there's over the thirty thousand Animals. There has been some stories. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you, they're funny and and uh, uh, but I've just met so many delightful people that have such big hearts. And I still get, um, uh, I get letters, I get pictures, and I also the one thing that that I didn't know I was gonna get is they left their animal to me in their will. In their oh house. really. Yes, and I've had a couple come back uh, to oh, wow. me. And, and, you know, they always say a horse remembers you. I believe that when he comes down the road, he's like, well, I'm back home.
2: Oh, wow, <laughs> it, wow.
7: <because> that, <laughs> the, the guy that adopted it or the lady that adopted it passed, and they put me in their will to finish taking care of this animal, and I'm delighted to do that.
2: Oh wow, well, that's pretty special. That is pretty special. Well, that's taking place in Tennessee June the seventeenth through the twentieth. It's taking place in Utah September sixteenth through the nineteenth, and those are events that all will benefit Mustang Heritage Foundation as well as hope and healing at Hillinglade and uh we're going to be talking about uh our military in just a short minute when we come back and visit with Sean Farnsworth. We'll talk about the work that BLM is doing and the work that Sean is doing with BLM and how that relates to the Mustang Heritage Foundation. But, uh, Paul Carr, thanks for being with us. And, you know, this weekend is Memorial Day, and that is a special period of time where we remember our fallen soldiers and people who have given their all for this country so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have And right now, we want to listen to a song by our good friend, Mr. Bob Corley, another Tennessee guy. And it's one that he did called Fighting for That Flag. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Sean Farnsworth with the BLM today on Saddle
0: Up America.
7: Thank you so very much.
9: On the news the other day There were protesters
1: burning the flag There's no way to sugarcoat it It made me fightin' mad I
9: shout a few obscenities What makes
1: them act that way? Someone needs to take a stand And somebody needs to say A soldier gave his life Mother lost her child
9: On a Monday night Before the football game
1: I saw a man drop to his knee While the anthem was being played Think of all the money he makes And how he earns his pay Fans need to take a stand And somebody needs to say A soldier gave his life Mother lost her child i
9: A soldier gave his
4: life
1: A mother lost her child A child lost their dad Fighting for that flag He fought for your freedom
2: Back to Saddle Up America, and our special guest joining us now is Mr. Sean Farnsworth. He is the Bureau of Land Management's Wild Horse and Borough Program Specialist for the Southeastern States District. I got that out, Sean. That was a long thing and a long title right there but uh but first of all, I want to thank you for your service because you have served and uh, many tours of duty so thank you sir for your service appreciate you
10: oh, oh yes sir thank you thank you very much and i just want to say hello to paula and and uh, uh, gary thank you for having me on the show i just uh that's a hard one to follow up um gary uh, you know that song was uh that was a special one i appreciate that thank you
2: well you're very welcome and we remember our service men and women Mm -hmm. who have given their lives this weekend as we celebrate Memorial Day and honor our fallen. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management and their work with the wild horses and burros. And, and, and as we get started, Sean, tell us a little bit about what you do with them.
10: Okay. I'm one of many, uh, there's, uh, prox- there's seven, seven wild horse and burrow program specialists in the Southern district office and everybody has a unique role, um, that focuses on their, their, uh, skill sets and their, their attributes that they bring to the uh, table. Uh, my, my unique skill set is actually, I'm, I'm actually a wild horse and borough post adoption specialist. And my job is to make sure, uh, that, um, uh, you know, along for the district is, is, uh, is uh, establish help establish guidelines and and look out for the the uh, uh, just just ensuring that the the horses that are in current adoption status that they're being cared for and and, and they're being properly treated and uh, also to help adopters with education to uh, uh, if they have any questions and and to uh, ensure that the my job is to to get that adopter to um, get that horse to uh, uh, where they actually uh, earn the opportunity to uh, own the animal after 12 months.
2: Okay. All right. So one of the things that we talked about when we were talking with Paula is the work that uh, Mustang Heritage Foundation does to help find homes for these horses. But we did not talk about the fact that you have to qualify, the facilities have to qualify for you to be able to adopt a wild Mustang. And then uh, it's after a 12 month period that you have title to the horse. And so that's subject to inspection and uh, to make sure that, that you deserve to have that horse because they are the symbol of the American West and America's freedom. And, um, and so one of the things you do then is to come back and check and make sure that everything is being done like it's supposed to. And then if it's not. To help reclaim that horse and find homes for it
10: well i would like to talk about and that's part of my job is to educate the public about the requirements to adopt a wild horse and girl uh, okay. the uh you know uh if you if you captured a deer or an elk in the wild um uh, you probably wouldn't put it in a in a in a fenced area that you would have domestic horses, and then you have to think about that in the same mindset. A wild horse is a wild animal, so we do have very strict guidelines as far as the fencing requirements that need to be stout enough to hold back an, a, a, a horse, and it has to be a minimum of six foot, six foot, and, and I have seen it time and time again as six foot fences. We've had we've had horses that were uh, you know, that, that, uh, try to climb the fence and, right. and, you know, that is through the fear or fight, uh, um, you know, th- they're a flight animal, so fight or flight, you know, yeah. hate, fight or flight They're you know, so with patience and just uh, calmness, um, you know, we, I always tell people when they adopt a horse and they take the animal home. Put them in a – don't go to work on them right away. Just give them a day or two to just adjust to his surroundings and then ease into it because, you know, they're, they're – they're it's all new to them. And uh, that helps out a lot. And, you know, we do have requirements as far as the animal has to have shade, uh, you know, some sort of shelter, if, 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 you know, trees, uh, water, feed, Um Two two to two, two to two point five percent of his body weight per day it could be twenty five to thirty pounds a day of good quality hay. Um, you know they're responsible for taking care of the uh, um, the health and welfare of the animal as far as veterinary costs or anything. But um, you know, and that's all in the agreement that the adopter signs. And and I suggest any adopter that adopts a horse, please. Read the back page of your primary care and maintenance agreement because that is your responsibility. And, and my job is to make sure that the adopters uh, hold their end up with a bargain.
2: Well, and that's that's an important part of it. And uh, and as I said, you, you have to qualify. You can't just go out and adopt a wild horse because you think they're pretty and it's big cool thing to do so you have to be able to take care of them properly and that's one of the things that you have to agree to and that's one of the things john kind of makes sure that you're doing and um tell us a little bit john about the work that blm does with the mustang heritage foundation
10: well the the uh, um the blm is is a, a partnership with the mustang heritage foundation you know they 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 work Alongside us to help place animals uh, you know into qualified homes uh, you know they the uh, we put out adoptions and we may adopt wild horses, but they give us a unique opportunity to get uh, trained animals to the public uh, through their tip program the training incentive program where you now those those trainers are actually part of Mustang Heritage Foundation and we handle all the the uh, documentation through uh, to for the adopter and kind of link them up and make sure that all the paperwork gets done. Um, but the the, uh, the Mustang Heritage Foundation places a lot of good trained animals, and uh, you know halter trained. Right. And it really is a win-win for the horse because we've already we've already knocked off some dust and rust, you know, as far as the, the animals. Because when we get them off the range, they're, we, we call them fresh groceries, and and they are, you know. They are. It can be tough to handle. So I, I really think that people, you know, have a plan in place to where if you're not going to have a tip trainer train your horse and halter train, and you do adopt a Mustang, make sure that you have the proper facilities, and then think about investing uh, 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 investing some time and effort into getting a trainer for that horse, because in the long run, it's going to be beneficial um, to uh, get that horse trained. A tip.
2: A tip trainer uh the tip program we'll talk about that for just a minute the tip program that Mustang Heritage has in place the trainer uh, brings in a wild horse to their facility and then what are the things that they do with that horse You mentioned the halter brain but that's
10: something yes so so basically they they're using uh, uh, the least pressure method as possible to to, uh, uh, to get get the horse to trust and uh you know to get a halter trained now halter trained means uh, per their guidelines and paula could probably elaborate more on this because it's their it's mustang heritage foundation but as far as a trained horse goes we recognize that the horse can be uh, loaded and unloaded off a trailer with halter they can lift all four hooves the adopter can groom the horse that the horse is 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 uh, now it doesn't mean that the horse can't be still a little edgy, but you might still see that. But we do want that horse to be able to not to bolt, not to break down wood fences or go through uh, through uh, uh, through barbed wire or anything like that. So we're really looking for you know not we but the um, the, the requirements for the training part is that the horse is able. The adopter is able to handle the horse um, with a halter and to be able to, uh, um, you know, take care of the basic needs like, you know, lift all four hooves and pick out the horse's hooves, maybe have a farrier, uh, have a veterinarian be able to touch the horse to draw blood or if need be uh, to administer uh, inoculations, stuff like that. That's kind of like the the tip program uh gets them over the edge on that one and and when that happens and the adopter agrees to take on that horse um they sign off that all those requirements have been met and they send that into the Mustang Heritage Foundation and then the tip trainer gets reimbursed uh, uh you know $1000 for training that horse
2: so that that is a good program so that it's a good program for someone that's looking to adopt Um, to go through a tip trainer because then as, as, uh, as Sean said, the rough edge is gone from the horse for the most part. That's right.
10: You can, you can lead the horse.
2: Yeah. You can lead the horse. You can load and unload on a trailer. You can pick up all four feet and and do some grooming. So the basics are done. Don't, don't go jump on the horse's back and think you've got a trained horse because that's not going to be the case. But, um, Yeah, so if if you're a qualified horseman, then you might want to pick up a wild Mustang and do all that yourself. But otherwise, the TIP trainer program is probably the way to go for you. Another thing that you do, Sean, and uh, we want to move on because we don't have a lot of time today. But another thing that you do is work with uh, organizations in the area of equine therapy with the Mustangs. Talk to us a little bit about that.
10: Okay, so so like I said, my thir- the the primary part of my job is to ensure that the compliance in the Southern District Office for uh, horses' welfare is being cared for, and then the uh, other part of my position is, uh, I you know I work with um, um, government and non-government um, you know um, groups to to help with equine therapy for military veterans, uh, military families. Um, You know, right now I'm currently working with, um, you know, American Mustang School. is out of uh, North Carolina. It's Justin Justin Dunn. He was actually a a tip trainer a while back, and what he's been doing is he's been using his Mustangs to help a a wellness program at Fort Bragg, and also he uses his horses to help train special forces at Fort Bragg. in different different parts at, at different requirements that they need, um, so th- there'll be a requirement that he'll he'll eventually need some more horses, and and we're working on with, I would like to work with the Department of the Army to get trained mustangs to to the uh, Department of the Army, and also with um, I'm working on right now with the different um, you you I, you've had me on the show before where I was uh, uh, where I actually worked as a uh, um, when I was in the military, the last three years I was in the military, I, I worked at, um, uh, at and super. I was um, I was the NCOIC of the cavalry detachment at Fort Carson. So a lot of people don't know that there's about 200 horses in military service, and I'm working with a program right now out of with uh, Carson City to help get trained mustangs to the Department of the Army, and also uh, the 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 um, the uh, BLM you know, on its own is have, has previously is always provided horses to the U.S. Border Patrol and also our, our, our fine fine men and women in blue in the NYPD. Right. So that is another program that we're doing. And then uh, I spoke with Jennifer. Uh, she, she'll be there at the Mustang Heritage Foundation um, uh, rendezvous 2021 about equine therapy with veterans. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, and, and I'm there for... To help facilitate if if these equine therapy groups need um, good horses, um, you know we're always having horses uh, come back sometimes, and sometimes they're really such a nice horse that I would like to put them in equine therapy groups that are that are working with veterans. And um, you know I'm a Mustang owner and I'm a veteran and I, I uh, uh, you know I, I know the benefits and it's been well documented.
2: Well, you know, one of the nice things is that there's so many different ways that you can go with these Mustangs, and, uh, and I think one of the unique areas, um, I mean, it's good to know that Border Patrol is utilizing the Mustangs for their uh, patrols, but, uh, but so many police departments use equines in their work uh, and have a horse program, so I think that's a great opportunity for both the Mustang Heritage Foundation and the BLM to take advantage those things and and see there are many blue and ladies in blue on mustaches, and uh, that would work out real well. I want to mention to our audience today that uh, Sean will be at Rendezvous 2021 in Tennessee, and we're trying to talk him into finding a way to make it out to Utah as well, but uh, he'll be there to be visiting with you, and he'll have a booth there with the BLM and uh And last year That's you great. were able to ride your mustang and present the colors and uh so we hope maybe you can do that again too this year at well, 2021
10: is, last year last year, I went up there as a veteran uh you yeah know, I rode my mustang and uh, uh like i said is uh, uh I posted the colors and everything you know this year. You know, like I said, I'll be representing – I'll be there as a BLM representative along with my colleague, uh, Dominique Wood, out of Kentucky. We'll be there, uh, and basically we're there to educate, um, educate the general public on the requirements to own a Mustang. Uh, we will have applications if people want to get pre-approved. Uh, we can help them with that. We can help them, and we'll also be talking about our adoptions coming up, and we will have an adoption in June uh Great. in rainsville alabama and then we'll be in Texarkana in july and uh that's that's the next two months um and and we'll have a schedule there so if anybody wants to attend any of those adoption events we'll be handing those out i've got a lot of information i've got a lot of pamphlets uh some a uh, uh, little bit of lots of pens and lots of lots of uh, uh stress balls and Whatever we'll <laughs> be handing those out uh, to the public along with all our uh, basically all our swag, and um, yeah, for every person that that thinks about adopting, just come up and see us, and we'll uh, we'll we'll point you in the right direction. And you know, there isn't there is a horse for everyone within this program. We um, have every color, every size, every every. Uh, we've got horses that, you know, for people that like to go slow, we have horses that go slow. For people like to ride fast, we've got horses that go fast. For people that have never ridden before, we've got horses that have never been
2: ridden before. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I knew you, you were going, knew, going
4: there. I, you that
2: I knew you were going there. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun, so so come out and visit Sean uh, at uh, Rendezvous 2021 in Tennessee, as well as Paula Carr. And uh, Sean, thanks for being with us today. I appreciate it. And okay. again, thank yes, thank you for your service to our country. That's very oh, very oh, much appreciated. Oh,
10: oh, you and the rest of the country are more than welcome. I never worked a day of my life when I was in the military. All
2: right, we're going to listen to another great song. It's called Best of America. It's done by Dale Shields, and we'll be back in just a moment on Saddle of America. Sean, thanks so much.
0: You're welcome, Gary.
9: There's a whole lot being said about this whole country in which we live, but the way I see it, she still has a whole lot to give. She's a land full of beauty, full of dreams for you and me, a land of our heroes who've kept our liberty. There's a banner flying over, made of colors that don't run. And see her raised each morning, we're the rising of the sun. Here are people stand together as one nation under God. We'll fight for right With all our might To protect her fertile sod So don't tell me That she's broken I'll have to prove you wrong She's made up of the people Standing proud and strong I've seen the best of America Across the prairies to her sea, rode the trails
8: upon the mountain tops, touched the swamps, the live oak trees. I've seen the bright lights of her cities, felt the meadow's gentle
9: breeze, and the best of America is her people
4: standing free.
9: America is her people, and they're shaped by years of history, and I'm proud to call this place my home, and her people, family. Now she may fall on hard times, that's just a natural part of life, but if in God we trust and we don't give up, he'll see us through the strife. I've seen the best of America Cross the prairies to her sea I rode the trails upon her mountaintops Touched her swamps, her live oak trees. I've seen the bright light of her city Felt the meadows gentle breeze and the best of America is her people standing free Yes the best of America is her people
2: That is our good friend, Mr. Dale Shields, with his song, Best of America, and you can see Dale on Best of America on RFD-TV. He co-hosts with Tom C. Well, it has been a great show today. It was so much fun talking with Tony and Carol Messerly on the Campfire Cafe with our co-host, Ms. Bobby Bell. And then just very, very informative and a lot of fun to visit with Paula Carr, as always, and then to have Sean Farnsworth with BLM visit with us and tell us a little bit about their work and what they're doing to help with America's Mustang. We we invite you to go to our website and visit that website at equestrianlegacy.net and check out Rendezvous 2021 in the menu bar. So we are going to have two great events, one in Tennessee in June at the Circle E Guest Ranch, and that's coming right up June the 17th through the 20th. You can make reservations there after you've checked out all the activities that are taking place, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And you can visit with the vendors, do a lot of shopping, do a lot of great trail riding for three days, we have great music concerts that are taking place. And uh, we'll be doing the same thing in Utah in September. And that is September the 16th through the 19th near Bryce Canyon. And that's on everybody's bucket list. We've already had a tremendous number of reservations that have been made for that that event. So it's going to be a lot of fun, um, but a lot of fun in Tennessee. And you'll get to ride the beautiful hills and mountains of the eastern part of the state there as well. We want to uh, invite you to join us again next week for the Campfire Cafe, beginning at noon Central Standard Time with Dan McCorson will be our special guest. And then on Saddle of America, we have Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America. So all of that comes to you beginning at noon Central Standard Time on EquestrianLegacy.net. And we remind you that you can listen to all of our shows in an archive podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and our own website. So we're going to remind you if you climb the saddle to get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. And we'll see you next week on the radio. We're going to close out this portion of the show and this show for today with a great song from our friend Mr. R.W. Hampton it's one called My Country's Not For Sale Thanks for listening
0: There's a trail of blood Back through the sacred halls of history Follow it back to where our fathers fought and died Across the way See the crosses on the hillside On the wind Hear their voices as they cry We've got to get back To the faith of our fathers And find our way back To the Bell never forget that old flag and all she stands for. It's time to rise up and say this country is not for sale. She's not for sale. From Valley Forge they're calling. Not for sale. From Gettysburg they cry. From Bella Wood To the battle for Fallujah. She's not for sale No, not at any price There was a time When we all stood together There was a time When by fire we were tried But we've lost our way It's a way that costs so dearly It's not too late To saddle up that ride We've got to get back To the faith of our fathers And find our way back To the liberty bell And never forget that old flag and all she stands for It's time to tell Washington my country's not for sale From the Alamo To the sands of Iwo Jima From Normandy To the Chosen Reservoir Back to Bhutan to the mighty Mekong Delta From the Helmand Province To the Solomon's Bloody Shores They cry, we gotta get back To the faith of our Father